Welcome to I'm Not Dead Yet with Judy and Travis, a podcast about living an extraordinary life with extraordinary circumstances. Welcome to the I'm Not Dead Yet podcast. I'm your co-host, Travis Robinson. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at age 35 in 2014. And I'm your other co-host, Judy Yaris. My husband Sandy had Parkinson's disease for 18 years. I was his care partner. Today's episode, we'll be talking about travel and more holistically what to do when you find yourself in an environment outside of your control. <laughs> because that's really what traveling is, is putting yourself outside your front door and not knowing exactly what the future holds. That's true, and it doesn't even have to be far travel. It can be traveling to a friend's house for dinner or a picnic in a park. Or going to the market and, you know. That's all traveling. But we will talk more about some of the broader, in the broader sense of, of really taking trips, what that's like. But I, I do think it covers a little bit of this, just being in a new environment that you are unfamiliar with and you don't know what to expect. Right. And like we said, that could be something very simple, like you go to the market and it takes longer than you thought. You are running up against your pill time and you didn't take any meds with you because you didn't plan to be gone that long. Well, here is the first tip, Travis. <laughs> you never leave the house without your meds. In fact, we used to keep a bottle of extra meds in the glove compartment. So if we were an extra hour or two longer than we thought we would be, we always had cinnamon available to us or anything else that was needed at that time. So we just never left home without them. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. So whether you're going to the grocery store or a short trip over to visit a friend, take your meds with you. You never know what can happen. Right. And, you know, you brought up the good point of taking that separate bottle that lives in the car that's maybe not your primary pill bottle. Um, I know a lot of folks have those uh, little segregated strips of, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sure. You know, kind of things that they set up once a week. And and that may be good to take because it keeps track of, you know, where you're at in your pill schedule. But I also keep a backup little pill bottle in my pocket that really just lives there. And it has three doses. And that may not be a whole lot, but it's enough to get me home if I run longer than expected out and about. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea, Travis. Always have some extra pills with you. Just rule number one. I think that's important. Uh, and it ties into the concept of the 10 essentials, which is an old mountaineer's 
um, I think first put together by either the Mountaineers out of Seattle, Washington, or possibly the Sierra Club. I'm not sure who has claim on the 10 essentials as the list, but the idea that you did not go anywhere into the backcountry without having at least these things. And for me, that means, you know, I don't leave the house without my sunnies because if it gets too bright, I can't see. And then the glare gives me a headache. And then the day goes downhill from there and so on and so forth. What else? Do you know what else is on that list off the top of your head? Um, I do, as a matter of fact. I figured you would. <laughs> um, extra food, extra water, extra clothing, and shelter, uh, sun protection, sunscreen, sunglasses, mm-hmm. and hat, and some sort of calms or signaling device. Sounds good. So you might not need a signaling device when you're leaving your house to go to the market. But there are some things on there that I think that could be very helpful. First of all, your phone. Try not to leave your house without your phone because that actually is a signaling device. Exactly. And so it's really good for you to have that with you at all times. And if you have, I know with iPhones, I don't know how it works with Androids, but they have something called Find My Phone. And you can actually share your location with family members. It's great. A lot of people use this with teenagers, but I found it was very helpful when I had someone that was out and about using his tap card going all over the city without anyone knowing where he was going. I could always track him at some point because I knew he would have his phone with him. And I think that's really important. So, you know, making sure you have your cell phone is really good. And I think everybody sort of travels with one now anyway. But sometimes you leave it at home, but there should sort of be a a check at the door. It's like pills, phone, and if you have a third one, maybe your sunnies or a hat. Um, One of the things that I think you hit on with this also was the water. That's really important. And now I know in L.A., it is really hot now. It's like in the 90s and it's humid and you sweat a lot. And I think that it's important to have some water with you. So try to make sure that you put some water in the car. Take a, a little metal container of, of water with you. One of those um, hydro flask or something like that is always good. Just It doesn't have to be a great big one, but make sure that you have fluid available to you. So if it's really hot, you can get in the car and just drink some water before you start off. Yes, and to further that point, if you leave it in the car, it will get hot and you won't want to drink it. Right. So you need to carry fresh water, you know, that you regularly cycle out as Mm -hmm. opposed to stuff that, you know, I know a lot of folks keep the little plastic, you know, 10-ounce or 12-ounce bottles in the car. But once that sits in an L.A. 
sun, you know, for four or six hours, basically boiling water. Right. And not good boiling water. It's like yeah. toxic boiling water because the plastic starts leaching. It's not good. Try to use a metal or glass bottle. The advantage to these uh, double-walled metal bottles that are so great is that they stay. the water stays cool. So even though your car might feel like it's 110 degrees, the water is still very cool in there. Yeah, the double-wall vacuum seal. Yeah, those are good. So I highly recommend that. But I, I think it's important, you know, to, for people to know that is a really important part of keeping yourself safe in this weather when it's so hot in the summer. Well, and in general, it's, you don't want to be in a situation where you're unprepared. And unprepared for what, you might ask, with whatever you need to function making sure that you're prepared to live your life, which means whatever you need to live your life and survive as a parkie in this city. Right. Yeah, I think that's important, you know, and especially if you're going to travel longer distances. And I know I've heard in a lot of support groups, people get very anxious about taking trips, and then they just don't want to take a trip at all because it just looks too daunting to them. There's just too many moving parts. It's the airport. It's actually getting to the airport, then the airport, then the plane, getting off the plane. Maybe you have a, a plane change. There's just so many things that can make it very, very difficult if you feel like your Parkinson's is a bit wanky that day. Yeah, or that it even might be. And that's the thing that I want to address, really, is, you know, combating the fear of anxiety is not the same as combating the things that make you anxious. Right. You know, there's the real-world things like hydration and um, uh, medication and things that you've got to stay on top of. But then there's the anxiety about those things. It's a separate thing in and of itself. But you also need to stay on top. Mm -hmm. This is where having a device, your technology, or your friends, your traveling partner can help you out a lot. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, if you don't have, if you're not traveling with a friend, maybe you're going somewhere by yourself. I know I've heard people say they were going to visit their adult children in another state, and you know you're going to be traveling alone. You have to let the airline know what your status is. You have Parkinson's. You might need a wheelchair at the gate. You might need a wheelchair just getting to the plane. So making those arrangements ahead of time are really important. Yes, and if if you do the do those steps, you will not guarantee you know that things won't go wrong, but you will at least assure that you will be in a better state to deal with them when they come along, whatever they may be. Right. There's always going to be something that could happen. Yes, and I think it's really important. 
But um, I, I think, you know, th this idea of being independent and being out and, so to speak, not being caught with your pants down, does that make sense? You know, not feeling like you're, you're, you're not prepared for what possibly could go wrong or even could happen, even if it doesn't go wrong. It's like a little insurance policy. Right. When you travel, these are some of the things you need to do. And, and I think it can be very, very helpful, especially in this day and age where there's so many cancellations on planes. You know, you might get held up in the airport for an extended period of time. So I know we talked about this last time, how you always keep um, extra pills in your pocket, even though you may have a week's supply in a suitcase, that you always have something with you in your backpack. Yes. And, and you know, I want to take a moment to explain that that goes for anything that I would need. You know, that that's not just my pills. You know, I don't want to make it all medication-focused. I mean, that's the easy one to remember, is your pills. But that applies to, you know, patches if I'm wearing them. That applies to um, any other medication. That applies to, like I said, my sunglass. That could apply to, you know, having Tylenol on me or when my back hurts real bad. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like whatever I need to make sure that I am functional. Right. And I wouldn't leave out having little snacks or food because sometimes you get delayed. You can't expect if you're taking a flight, you don't know if there'll be food on, on the plane. But I think just having snacks for yourself so you don't run out of gas while you're traveling like that. Even when you do a car trip, you know, if you're going down, let's say you're driving from L.A. to Orange County, which is a pretty common trip that a lot of people make. But the truth of the matter, or to Palm Springs, you know, either way, you're going a couple hours here or there, an hour, hour and a half. Um, I think sometimes the traffic can be so bad and you're stuck on the freeway for three hours instead of an hour and 15 minutes. And you're really getting hungry and you're really starting to get loopy. So it's a good idea to have little snacks with you, something that's going to give you the energy that you need. Right. And that goes with the bottle of water that we just mentioned. Mm -hmm. It's like, if nothing else, have your food and water handy. Right. Always be prepared like that. So, you know, one of the things, Travis, that I, I was thinking about a lot of times people with Parkinson's don't want to bring attention to themselves and they write, you know, you just don't want people to notice you or to notice whatever's going on with you. And I think that if we can talk to people about keeping their space, you know, taking their own space, being out there, if they need extra space, our, our good friend, Charles, Sheil always says, you know, own your own the space around you. If you need to take up extra room um, in a restaurant, if you need an extra chair, don't hesitate to ask for an extra chair. Maybe you have your backpack and it's easier for you to put it on a chair rather than hang it on the back of a chair. Or if you have extra gear that you're traveling with, I, I think that can be really helpful. Um, I know people don't like to 
they just don't want to bring attention to themselves. But I think it can be very helpful. Right. It's it's that, you know, everybody's always staring at me. Um, I don't want them to stare at me that feeds into this complex of, you know, uh, just uh, just hurry up and put your head down and power through and, you know, they won't notice you. First of all, I know from long experience, most people don't pay attention to you. I know you feel like they do, but they don't. They may be looking your way. That doesn't mean they're looking at you. <laughs> and I, I know as someone who's never been able to blend into the crowd. No, you do not. That, that most people are not looking at me. They're not even aware that I exist until I make them aware. And that is what you have to do sometimes, is be assertive. Do not be afraid to, to claim your space, like Judy says, or to be a polite nuisance. You know, it's another phrase that I heard once. I like that, polite nuisance. That's good. It's like, I'm going to say, no, excuse me, sir. Um, do you mind holding my place in line while I sit down? You know, if the bank line is very long. That's or, a good one. Or, you know, uh, pardon me, ma'am, could you get the door for me? You know, even though my uh, chivalrous uh, nature is um, squeaming at the thought of that, it's the practicality of not crashing dropping all my parcels when I'm going through the door. That's right. That's good. I like those. Those are two really good examples, Travis. Yeah, you've got to be willing to be assertive enough to take your space. And you know, if you have a walker or a cane, people can see that. They, they're there to assist you. I guarantee you. People are happy to help you in spaces that might be a little bit difficult for you. Right. And and we've talked, we touched on that before, but I don't I don't think that we've actually talked about that on the show. Is the um nonverbal advantage to carrying a assistive device. Yes, I agree. Because you're you're communicating loud and clear, I have a problem with my walking, my gait, my balance, my whatever, my leg, my knee, my hip, my foot, my, you know, whatever. And you're saying, pardon me, please. You know, it's polite. It's non, um, non-intrusive, but it does get the message across much clearer than anything I can say, particularly if you look as uh, fresh and spring-like as a chicken as I do. Right. And there are some of you that may be listening that have early diagnosis of PD. And with that, you know, you don't really look like you have PD and maybe you don't need to carry a cane and maybe you don't need to use a walker. And, and that's okay too. But 
you might need to just claim some space. And you're able to say that to someone, you know, you can say to them, excuse me, I have Parkinson's disease, or maybe you don't want to say that. But there's a way of body language also that lets people know that you might need a little bit extra. Am I right? Yes. But again, for me, it's the cane that really communicates that so loud and clear. I mean, people in crowded restaurants don't jostle you into other folks' table. They they give you the right of way going up and down stairs. I mean, it, it's pretty night and day how much that is effective at claiming the space around you. Mm-hmm. It definitely can do that. And, you know, I'm thinking like in a restaurant, if you have a jacket, I mean, it's hard to imagine now we're in the middle of summer, nobody's wearing jackets. But when it gets cooler, people have jackets. And then you have to take off your jacket in the restaurant. And that's something where you can always ask for assistance. I I always found that to be very helpful for people. You know, just let them know you're going to need a little assistance getting your jacket off. Or you can say, it may take me a moment to do this. So if you want to go by me, feel free to go by me, but it's going to take me a minute. Yep. And that's where, you know, having your friends, your travel companions, folks that you're meeting for lunch or or whatever uh, in the restaurant that may be uh, feeling awkward or, you know, wishing that they knew what to do to help you. They can help you. Give them a task. Would you mind uh, holding this for me? Or would you mind giving me a hand with my jacket? I mean, that is the kind of proactive approach that makes people feel better about it than standing standing there watching you struggle for 10 minutes trying to get your jacket on. Right. Or to get it back on. Which is equally as challenging. I don't know what's worse. I think they're about the same, right? Six or one half dozen another. Yeah, Yeah, it's about the same. Um, But that's really all I have on that. Um, Stay tuned, folks. We're going to be doing a lot of interviews with the exciting people that we met at the WPC in Barcelona. Yeah, very exciting. Lots of new, lots of new faces, new devices, new interesting things on the horizon for helping people with PD.